Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We are so happy and proud that this episode is sponsored by Butternut Box, a brand that we love for many reasons. As you'll probably already know if you follow us both on Instagram, Butternut Box is a fresh dog food delivery service that delivers straight to your door and takes into consideration all of your dog's dietary needs. The brand started with a rescue dog, which we obviously love, and Betty and Boo have absolutely thrived on it. Butternut Box genuinely care about their dogs and their ethos is that good enough for the dog is not good enough. Dogs deserve better. The meals are comprised of quality meat, veg, lentils, vitamins and minerals and don't contain any grain, wheat, gluten, corn, soy or sugar. All of which are known to cause intolerances in dogs. We haven't been asked to say this, but we wanted to highlight the huge amount of work that Butternut Box do with dog charities. They donate meals to dogs in shelters and they even donate freezers so that the shelters can store the meals. If you would like to try Butternut Box out for your dog, you can get 50% off your first two boxes with the following link. www.butternutbox.com forward slash Alex and M. Oh my god, why did I post that? Ah, I don't know what to do! Should I delete that? Yeah, you should definitely delete that. Hiya. <laughs> Hi, how are you? You know what? I'm fine, I'm just gonna have this yawn if you could just leave me to have it for like one second. Go on, get it out, get it out. Ah, okay, fine. Goodness, that was delicious. Sorry, I'm, I'm very tired. Uh, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I actually feel uh, more yeah alive today. Like after our night out from why? Saturday. Oh yeah, I, I feel like shining. yeah. I feel like I had a two day hangover, three day hangover, not proper hangover, but just like the remnants of one. And I actually feel like today I've shrugged it off and I'm back. <laughs> it only took a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fog has lifted. <laughs> yeah, we went out on Saturday night. Good listener. We went, we went yeah. out clubbing, didn't we? Yeah, like actual clubbing. Yeah. Well, let's just get in, let's just get into our weeks because I've just I've got so much to unpick with you actually out. Like, and, and okay. clubbing comes into it. We've okay. just got so much to discuss. Yeah. So, do you want to kick us off with your good or your bad or your awkward? The good, the bad, and the awkward. Yeah. Okay. I'll kick off with my good, which was last night. So uh, Mac took us to see the Moulin Rouge musical, and it was unreal like it was one of the best shows I've ever seen and I've been like humming the songs all day like making a new Spotify playlist and it was just so good and it reminded me I haven't done anything like that in ages and it reminded me of how fun like the theatre is and musicals and And it was just brilliant yeah it was brilliant I just loved it so yeah that was my good that's nice my good is just the sun's shining I feel like I'm so boring I'll get into my stride when I tell you about the bads and the awkwards because they're so plentiful and I couldn't think of one specific good thing apart from other than the fact that I'm in shorts today and I wore a dress yesterday with my scabby little knees out and the yeah. sun's shining you do thrive when the sun shines out to I be do fair. I'm like a sunflower or a daffodil yeah. or blossom I'm just like a flower honestly I'm such a whore for it second the sun's out I'm like I yeah. Uh, this is what I was born for. This is me. I'm in shorts now and this is me until November. We went down to Brighton on Monday to uh, interview Nelly London for the podcast. And you 
I was so this was on Monday we went out on Saturday and I was so done in like I couldn't even like I still had a headache I could, and you were on top of the world like so shining, so cheery so much energy I was like oh but I wasn't on Sunday I'm gonna be on okay I've had I've had to really seriously rejig my bads and my awkwards because because what was my awkward I've decided with hindsight is definitely my bad and I've had something so much more awkward happen but I'll just go in with the bad so we went clubbing on Saturday which was that wasn't the bad thing that was super fun wasn't it we went for a girls dinner and then we went out after and we ordered Jaeger bombs and yeah. we drank them Multiple. And every time, every time I didn't want to drink one, you guys all looked at me and went, put your silly fingers on your heads and went, stag, stag, stag. Because obviously <laughs> Alex is on his stag too. So we, we, we basically got absolutely shit-faced. And then we left. And then we went home. And I got home and I went to bed. And then I woke up the next morning with a fucking terrible hangover. And I was, I was all right for about 20 minutes. And I went to, oh, well, it was like, I tell you what, that Sunday was just a bad, it was just a really bad day. I went to the co-op, I didn't put a bra on, I was wearing my shorts because the sun was shining, you know how it goes. And I went to the co-op and I literally, like, I hadn't brushed my hair or my teeth, like, I was st- I was definitely probably still a little bit drunk. And I went <laughs> in and all of the fucking church across the way had just let out. So it was everybody in, like, their, their nude coloured tights and their nice, like, respectable Sunday heels. best. Sunday best. And literally they're looking at me like, God be with you. I was like he's not I'm not this isn't a good he's day he's nowhere to be seen no exactly and then I got home and, and then well then I got home and I was I'm gonna be I was sick Al I was my tummy I just can't handle it and I was sick and then I was sick out of my nose which actually Ugh. my operation was pretty recently like things started popping and I just didn't have it in me to call the doctor and be like I think I've popped more stitches. <laughs> so that was all really bad, but it gets worse because the doorbell rang and I'm like, who could that be? And I opened the door and I popped my head around and there's nobody there. And I was like, that's odd. And I was, I was a bit out of it. And then I just heard this little voice. He's like, excuse me. I was like, the fuck? And I looked down and there's this like tiny person at the door. I was like, <laughs> hello. And Boa saw this tiny person at the same time as me, and Boa just went like barking, and she sort of ran towards him. But the gate behind him was like our front gate was open, you know, like onto the street. So I went to prop the door closed because he went, "Excuse me, my balls come into your garden." Like our neighbour, obviously. And I was like, okay. And then Boo started barking and all I saw was the threat, the road. So I was like, oh God, I need to close the door so that Boo doesn't go out. So I was like, okay, to the child. And I started closing the door, not to like slam it in his face, but just to close it too so that Boo didn't run out while I went to go and get his ball. And I think if I was a normal person who didn't have a terrible hangover, I'd have said, one second, buddy, I'll just close the door and go and get it for you. But I didn't communicate that because I was dying. So instead I just started closing the door. And then to my astonishment, I felt a bit of resistance. And I was closing the door and he was pushing on the other side and he was going, no, no, my, my ball. And I was like, no, I know, but I was still pushing the door. So I was like having this like tug of war, tug of door with this child who can't have been older than three. And I was like, oh my God, that was so bad. I was like, okay, bye. Obviously I won because I have much more strength than I him. Won. So I, I closed it. So I was like, unlucky child. So he must have been like, what? Like, where's my ball? Anyway, I was like, I can't think about you right now. So I went to the garden, got his stupid ball, and then came back through. And I opened the door, and Boa re- reinvigorated seeing the threat again, barreled at him, and then he started <laughs> running away. 
and crying and I was like oh god this is so bad oh, and then I just no. looked up and his mother was there my neighbour oh, she'd god. been there the whole time and witnessed me literally open the door be like there's no one here then slam the door in her two year old's face and then watch my dog make him cry as he fled anyway I said to the mum I was like I'm really sorry neighbour I'm really hungover, I can't help you. And she was like, oh, God bless you. She was very nice. Anyway, I then went back to the television, mortified, but honestly too tired to be massively mortified. And then I went back into the kitchen a few hours later and I just saw in the garden and there were three more balls. And he obviously was just not going to come back for them. (laughs) Just thought that they lived here now. It's like, don't go to the scary, nutty neighbour who's going to slam the door in your face and set her attack dog on you. I love that you were like met with resistance when you pushed the door. And you're like, oh, like, I close the door. I was oh. like, what the fuck is happening? What is He's going on? He's like, no, wait, my ball. Oh, oh God. God. So that's, yeah, that was going to be awkward, but I've actually decided it's way worse than awkward. It's terrible. I've got to yeah. live next to these people indefinitely, really. That is a bad. That really is a bad. My bad was my hangover, but also my bad. As much as I loved, I did love the night out, but it was a stark reminder that I am 33 years old and Mm. (laughs) that is not the age that people go clubbing anymore. Everyone in there was about at least a decade younger. At least a decade. We were the oldest in there, weren't we? Yeah. I felt like we were taking the book club out into town. You know what I mean? I didn't even think we had the cool dancing. We were in blazer. I was wearing a blazer. But you were in train. I didn't like. I thought when people go out, they wear heels. So I was wearing boot heels. Like I thought. I, I was oh like, my god! No, that that is that. We're over that. We're well over that. I realised when I got there and everyone was in trainers. I was like, oh. So it was yeah. It was a, a stark and and uh, slightly mortifying reminder that that. And then I woke up the next day and I was, I mean, cognitive function massively impaired. I couldn't barely do anything it was just like scrolling Instagram and I was just looking at all my other friends with their like two children like going to the <laughs> zoo or like going to to the farm to pet animals and I was on the couch like can't move Dave and I was like this is not good I was on, I was on the way uh, on the way to our night out on Saturday night and I was speaking to my two little sisters on the phone and they were like oh my god Al imagine if you just got really drunk we always do this like imagine game they're like imagine if you just got really drunk and then just woke up in another man's bed <laughs> and you didn't know where you were and there was just like a thousand missed calls from Dave so we were like obviously I was like haha you know like literally what would I do that would be horrendous blah blah and next morning I texted them and said uh, guys we shouldn't have tempted fate because I actually have just woken up in a random man's bed and I don't know what to do no that's not how they didn't fall for it did they no they did Oh. They did. They said, oh my no God, what, why? Sisters, but they're fools. What do you mean? Where are you? And then I was like, okay, you're idiots. You are actually idiots. Yeah, they like, are Of course, idiots, I haven't. I'd have played that so differently if it were me. <laughs> I'd have gone really elaborately, right? So I'd have, I'd have drop called my sister, if it was my sister. I'd have, because also she, she'd have seen straight through my lies. So you've got to be careful. So you, yeah. you, I'd have drop called her four or five times. So she'd think she'd had loads, because she wouldn't have got to it in time. So she'd just see loads of missed calls. And then I'd have gone, Katia, right. help me. Katia, I'm panicking. Cat, I don't know where the fuck I am. Are you in London? I'd have done it like that. <laughs> Smart man. Honestly, oh, you've, yeah, I, you've got to. You've, I you've got to. Go did bigger. not have the brain capacity for that. For like yeah. any kind of cleverness. On so I was just like, uh, I woke up in a, a random man's bed, and they were like, really? And I was like, no. And it kind of ended there. <laughs> 
Oh my god, what a great joke. My like family banter, fucking living for it. I know. Oh, I'm crazy. <laughs> Is that us done? Uh, my, no, my oh, no, awkward. awkward. My awkward. awkward. So my awkward would have been my assault on this small child. But then something worse happened. And last night, I left you, didn't I? Because I was feeling really tired. But I distinctly remember saying to you in the theatre, I said, I've got a really bad wedgie. I said it once during dinner and I said to Ree, who I was sitting next to, sitting in between me and her, I said, I need to unplug my wedgie. And that was the first time in the evening. Then it happened again during the theatre. And I was like, fuck me, this thong is like right up my bum crack, you know? So I was like trying to, the seats aren't very big. So I was trying to unplug it and I just couldn't shift it. And then when we left, it was busy. You know, you can't just start like pulling a fucking piece of material like your ass cheeks when you're like walking along. So I was like, I'm just in this situation now. Anyway. Then I was walking for like 20 minutes trying to get a taxi and I was self-conscious because I I decided not to wear tights or trousers. I had my bare legs out, which with my stupid scabs was just ridiculous. But anyway, then I also had, yeah, free the knee. But but then I also (laughs) had that like horrible part of being a woman alone at night when you're in a skirt and you're just like, I just feel so fucking vulnerable. So I was just so uncomfortable. Anyway, couldn't get in a cab. There's no need to lower the tone with that that detail because we all know the drill. Anyway... (laughs) Get in my cab, nice old man called Kevin, and I sit down and I'm like, finally, I can unplug my wedgie. And I went to do it and it just went, ding. (laughs) The fucking gusset of my thong just snapped. Gone. Gone. I was like, oh my God. Like, oh, even for me. This is fucking terrible. And I've I'm never heard that the... happening. Yes, no, yes, yes. You see, I hadn't heard of it happening either until I did what I always do and took it to Instagram because I've got no fucking shame. And then who should tell me that this has happened to them? But Daisy. It happened to Daisy's Daisy. No way. Listeners, our producer is called Daisy and Daisy's girlfriend is also called Daisy. Daisy Daisy. Us in the confusion. The Daisies. Both Daisies are called Daisy Rose. <laughs> it's ridiculous, literally. Daisy's just putting the message going, can you believe? No, I can't. No. Believe. I'm going <laughs> to, a caveat, when I first met Daisy, producer Daisy, when I said we were going to do this episode, because Alex and Daisy <laughs> knew each other from before, because you had done your last, the light show, Alex's last podcast together. And Daisy went to leave and Alex went, <laughs> Alex and you two were having a conversation. And Alex said to Daisy, what are you doing tonight? And Daisy went, Daisy's cooking and I was like oh god she's one of those she's one of those third persons one of those third pe- third person people and I was like oh god we can't work with a third person person and then I realized we can because just in a crazy we can. twist of fate there's just yeah. two Daisy Roses Daisy Daisy, Daisy, Daisy so Daisy. cool so cool so cool but yeah so basically my fucking thong snapped Daisy, it happened to Daisy's Daisy. It also happened to my friend Sasha when she went on Lorraine. Uh, it's happened to so many of my followers and it's all the same M&S pant. The sort of like lacy polka okay. dot scallop one. So and it's, it's a thong. It's a thong, yeah. Because I can't really be... imagine it happening with a knicker. Oh no, that would be huge. Yeah, I, I could blame M&S, but again, I just, I feel like it's me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just feel like the common denominator in all of these situations... It's you. Do you know what? I was just going to say, and I know we talk about this a lot, but then it really struck me again last night that I, I could not get a taxi for the life of me. I was walking up and down Regent Street, couldn't get a taxi, couldn't get an Uber, couldn't get a black cab, nothing. So I ended up like having to get the tube home and like date. I've got a walk back. It's not far. I walk back from the tube, but it's like a, an eight minute walk. And I was so scared 
like so 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 scared and I could have like told Dave that I was coming and for him to pick me up but he wasn't feeling very well and I think he was already asleep so I was like I'm just not going to I'm just I'm be fine I've got my rape alarm but I was so scared and I haven't felt like that for a long time because it's about it's about like quarter to 12 I think and it was just dead quiet around here like dead yeah. dead dead quiet because I don't li- I live in I'm living in London but it's not like a super like buzzy area and I was so scared I literally walked down the middle of all the roads and Mm. had my rape alarm like right ready to like come out at literally with a second's notice so I was feeling the same last night with bullshit I I rang Alex because I'm not as selfless as you and I was like I just I'm having a horrible mine wasn't even as late but I walked the whole way down Oxford Street round Piccadilly Circus twice and then all the way down Piccadilly to the Ritz which if you know London like that's a long way like you know not to see one black cab I could have gotten the tube, but my walk back from the tube station is not safe. Yeah, and it's longer. Yeah, it's, not it's safe. longer. Yeah, so I was like, I can't do that. And oh, yeah. it's just bullshit. I hate that feeling. I know, I know. It's so awful. It's really horrible. I don't even. I think I need to get a rape alarm. I don't have one. Yeah, I've got. A f- I, I actually got a few things. A few things now. Georgie Clark did a um, an Instagram picture of like what's in her bag, and she had a little like a hammer that you can use like if you're stuck in a car, it breaks the window of the the, the glass of the window. Um, so she had like one of those, and then yeah, there's like a criminal anyway, criminal defender spray, but blah blah blah. But then even then, when I even when I put the criminal de- defender spray on my Instagram, which it, which apparently is legal, it just dyes the person's face and skin red, because pepper spray is illegal. Someone replied to me who's from the police and said, just so you know, you'd get done for you if you did use this. I honestly, uh, I was like, do me for it. Do, do me, for me for it. it. That's like, what I said. I was it. like, that, that would be the least of my worries. If I, if I had to use it, getting done for it would be the least of my worries. Like, give, yeah. give me a... Because give me you'd have the, used it, you'd have protected yourself. Yeah. Well, you'd have at least have tried yeah. to. And if anybody tried to claim that wasn't self-defence, they can literally fuck off. I'll, I'll take the record. Yeah, I don't yeah. care. Yeah, you're so yeah. hard, Al. You're so hard. You get criminal record. You go, girl. <laughs> I'll take the record. Give Come me on. my record. Yeah. <laughs> In reality, I'd be like, you... no, please. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, didn't I didn't mean to. I didn't mean it. I thought it was my perfume, Your Honour. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Do you have an awkward? Oh, is it just you this week? My awkward, it, it's going to seem really sad, but I promise you it's not. So don't take it as like really sad. <laughs> A great way to start it, isn't it? It's really brilliant. Sad, isn't it? What is it? What is it? I've lined up. Well, so yesterday I just felt like, do you know what? My hormones oh. are all over the place. Honestly, they're all over the place. Like, I, I did, I actually have got my period now, or at least I think it's my period. I'm just very confused. But my hormones are definitely all over the place. I'm all over the place. I'm a bit of a mess. And there is, you know, a lot going on at the moment. You know, everyone has a lot going on. I know that. But I am not good at handling lots going on because I'm not a very uh, calm and peaceful relaxed person and I got to I had an hour before we met up yesterday for the thing and I went to prayer and I was just like I stopped sat down and just started like I just started crying just started crying right in the middle of prayer like proper crying can't catch my breath like rang rang my sister I was like I just can't cope and yeah it's it's very embarrassing and I just really hope no one knew me in there or recognized me in there because it's awkward but it's not sad because I had that release and then I felt great okay if you say so 
Okay, maybe this is... <laughs> it's not sad, though. I did cry for an hour in, in a sandwich shop, but, but it's not sad. It's actually really great. It's really good news. I'm really happy that that happened. Well, afterwards, I felt very, like, relaxed. And re- you know, when you don't actually care who's around you, so I didn't really pay any attention, but it was very, it was very obvious. Very, very well, obvious. So- oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, it's fine, because I, I felt good afterwards. But, you know, sometimes, as long as it's not, like, I just always panic that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to, like, vomit in a public space. So I can take crying, that's fine, as long as I don't have to vomit in a public Why space. Why would you need to vomit? If you get food poisoning... Like out of what the a blue. Ridiculous fear. Why would that happen? No, I honestly get scared of that. And like the day, like two days before any any events and anything that I need to need to be there for, I like I'm so careful with what I eat just in case. Oh my god, I think I know why you had a cry in prep. Like I think you have a very stressful existence. <laughs> like why are you worried like, about that? I've before... literally never worried about food poisoning in my life. I worry about Even it. Even when I've all got it, I'm just time. like, oh okay. Oh no. Have you ever been food poisoned? Only when I was... Uh, no, not since I was little. <laughs> this, is a, this is nuts. This is nuts. Oh, my God. I know. It's yeah. a genuine, oh like, worry. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that sounds really tiring. Yeah, it's, I suppose it is quite tiring, actually. I, I personally, now, I'm just like, I can't be fucked to worry about anything. Because it's just like, well, if it happens, it happens. You know what I mean? Like... I don't know, it's stupid things. I mean, like, these are massive first world problems, but, like, okay, yeah, what... You know, the only thing I've been thinking a little bit, but, like, oh, God, it'd be annoying if, like, I got COVID before the wedding, wouldn't it? Like, we'd be like, yeah, it would be, but it hasn't happened, so I'm not going to sit and be like, I'm not going to look forward, I'm going to ruin this whole time by worrying about something that hasn't happened and that might not happen. Yeah. It seems like an annoying thing to do. I'm just not going to do it. I actually really love that, that that phrase, or whatever it is. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... Doing this, love that. I mean, massively oversimplistic, but it sometimes for me it literally is as simple. I'm like, no, no, I don't want this thought. I'm just gonna have another one. Yeah. So yeah, I can safely say that I've never worried about food poisoning. I got water poisoned (laughs) once in Sri Lanka, and it was absolutely horrific. I shit my fucking brains out. But to be honest, it was so horrible when it happened. I was like, I'm never gonna think about that again. And until just this moment here, (laughs) (laughs) new fear activated. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. You'll be scared. You'll be scared of water. You're carrying a Brita filter around in your handbag. (laughs) Yeah. So, should we move on to the interview? Yes. And this is a great interview. Because we yes. spoke to Sarah Jane Dunn. Yes. Sarah was in Hollyoaks for years and years and years and was, at the end of last year, fired for doing OnlyFans. And it was such an interesting conversation and I'm so excited that we get to share it. I know. We actually recorded this quite a few weeks ago and I've just been like desperate for it to come out. <laughs> I've been so excited for it to come out um, because, yeah, this is a really, really big conversation. And I think it's, uh, yeah, it sort of highlights a lot of antiquated views that we really do go into and explore. So let's get into it. Enjoy. Thank you so much for being here. I am so excited. From the day we st- said we wanted to do this podcast, we wanted to talk to you. Because I, I just, I have so many questions for what you do. Yeah. I admire you so much and I'm so excited. I just, I, I don't even know where to start. I'm too excited. Aww. I can't start. I'm too excited. I'm very excited <laughs> to be here and very privileged that you've got me on and love the podcast. So yeah, thanks. Thank you. Very nice thanks. of you. Um, we want to talk about everything. Your whole career. Yeah, let's go. Um, how long have you got? I was born in 1981. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess, first of all, if I, I guess, first of all, we, we need to start like at the beginning and your career with Hollyoaks. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, wherever wherever your career began, I guess. But yeah. obviously, 
what we want to talk to you today about specifically is how unfairly in our eyes you've been treated um, and how like that opens such a broad conversation around female autonomy and um, our rights to our own body, our sexuality and like women making money in a completely kind of new space in a way. I mean, it's sort of a very old way of making money for women in a sense, but in a traditional sense, but then obviously with the social media as it is. Anyway, so interesting, so much to unpack. But it, what you didn't start off doing this sort of thing, you started acting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess, yeah, could we start hearing a little bit about like your career getting into acting? Yeah, so it was sort of all a little bit fluke, really. So I started on Hollyoaks when I was 14. So wow. a baby, really. Now, like when I look like my nieces when they were 14 and my little boy growing up now I'm like it was so young so young so young I didn't realize you were that young when you started so young so like 1996 so the show had been going for just about a year I think or it was on one episode a week at the time um and it was huge because it was a huge thing for me one to get on telly because that was so unheard of back then like I feel like it's much more accessible now with reality tv and with social media and things like that um, but then it was like a huge deal. Like I got a part on telly, on a TV program. And not only like a TV program, but one that all of my friends were watching. I was still at high school. And so it was huge. Um, and then I sort of, I stayed there for 10 years. So I I sort of went through, I guess, adolescence, puberty, all of that whilst being on the show, first boyfriends, teenagers, getting drunk for the first time, you know, all the yeah. things that you do during that sort of that precious 10 years. Um, and then at 24, decided to leave. It was my choice to leave. And I think I, I sort of went, do I want to do this? Like, I love the job. Mm-hmm. I love the experiences it had given me. But then I was like, but I don't, like, I sort of fell into this industry. Um, and I'd seen other people leave and go, I'm going to be the next big thing. And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do that. And then they just fall off the face of the planet. And mm-hmm. so I was very aware of, sort of the reality of what the industry might be and very aware that I, I hadn't gone to you know drama school hadn't gone down that route which was sort of a bit unheard of it was a bit I've, I felt and still feel and I'm still really working on this sort of imposter syndrome that I had been given this amazing opportunity but I hadn't sort of worked for it almost I hadn't you know put in the time and effort to to do this, whereas a lot of other people were like from five years old, you know, going to drama school and, and being sort of really theatre. But and you did like learn on the. I mean, you did it for ten years. Like they weren't going to keep you if you weren't. Yeah, great, so. and that's that's the thing that now, when I have like spoken to like the life coach and therapist and things like that, it's it's that taking away that, I I, sort of intuitively or inst- like naturally I go. I'm so lucky. I'm so grateful. And I am. I am I was very lucky and I'm mm. very grateful. But at the same time, I have to go. But I was there for 10 years and I worked bloody hard. Yeah, <laughs> right. I worked, you know, I was going to school. I was going to work. I was doing homework at night, then learning lines. And it was full on, but I wanted it so badly. And I was enjoying it so much that I, I just did it. Um, and it didn't affect my schooling. It didn't affect my grades. And so, yeah, I think I just got to 24 and went, but but let's see what this really is. Let's see if I can get another job. Let's see what being unemployed is like. Let's see what having no money is like. And and I did it and, and I worked. You know, I came out and I and I went into theatre, which I'd never done before, and I absolutely loved it. Um and I did quite a few theatre tours, made some amazing friends, had some incredible experiences, really pushed 
myself out of my comfort zone. Because mm. um, obviously, again, doing the same character for 10 years, although I'd been pushed out of my comfort zone with performances and the storylines they'd given me, I hadn't played a different character. I sort of knew her inside out. Um, I guess you sort of like were her. Like if you're 14 and you're growing up, and then you're playing somebody as well, like you've both got to grow and you've got to like work out what's you and what's her. Yeah. Which must be like, I don't know, I was thinking that for actresses like or actors coming of age, like as a character, it's like, God, that's a lot to unpick, like in your head, surely. Yeah. Don't yeah. know if I was putting that on you. But. No, but it is. That's, that's so true. And I and I still, I'm now sort of unpicking what is her and what is me mm, and, right. and who I am. I'm still trying to find out who I am. And I'm doing a load of work on that and going, but what is it that I want? What is it that I like? What are my opinions? And not just the character. I think working for a company for so long and in the industry and on a show that is, you know, more targeted towards a sort of younger audience, I've been so dictated on what I can and can't say and what is acceptable and what's not acceptable that I find myself sort of filtering what I'm thinking and what I'm saying, and I'm trying to now not do that and go, hang on, like, before I filter it, go, but what is what is my actual opinion on this? Mm. And what do I really feel about this? And I can actually say that. <laughs> I can go, yeah. yeah, well, I think that's fucking stupid. Or yeah. I think, you know, and, and I've never been able to do that before. And so that's really quite freeing. Yeah. Yeah. God, I, I, I never think about the idea of like, um, I don't know, the, the, those years, you were saying, you know, you feel like you're really lucky and like, and I'm, I'm so lucky that I got this so I can't feel anything else. And I think like something that we all have to do is like really appreciate the two things can be true at once. Mm. Like you can yeah. be lucky and also work really hard. You can be in a very fortuitous position, but it still have its downsides. Like, yeah. um, and I guess you feel like to an extent, perhaps maybe, I don't know, maybe if you were, if you were with them for so long, there's a loyalty, you don't want to like complain about them because because it gave you so much. I guess it's hard. Mm. I'm just thinking as well, like it must be hard in media as well in this industry because there is a lot of competition. Jobs are quite scarce. They're yeah. few and far between. So it must feel like, you know, you, you, you have to feel extremely grateful that they hired me. And yeah. like, you know, I am so lucky because not everyone gets the opportunity to do this. When actually you worked very hard. Yeah. And like, you did, yeah, okay, you didn't go to drama school, but you worked, you did school and acting yeah. on the show from the age of 14. Did you like, finish, you finished school? At, that's, did you do exams and stuff? I finished school so. and um, yeah, did my GCSEs, did really well. And then um, spoke to, the, to work at the time then and went, look, should I go to college? Because I feel like, it, you know, college is going to be a lot harder and I'm going to need to be there. Like I can't miss as much as miss school. And they were like, yeah, we want you to go. We want you to get an education. I was like, okay, fine. The second I sort of turned 16, they were like, right, you're in every episode, you're in every day. And that was great. But I was like, I can't. So I did, I did college for like six months. I did yeah. English language and drama. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Went for the obs. Um, and loved it. Absolutely loved it. But I just wasn't there. And I was yeah. like, Do you know what? I've been given this opportunity and I'm just going to embrace it now and I can always revisit college, I can always revisit university and I never needed to, like I've not stopped working really apart from when I have a little boy. Um, and so, yeah, but I think it is that, I think a lot of it is society as well going, making assumptions about, well, you're on telly so it must be, it must be amazing and so many people would love to be in your position and, and they've, fail to see that uh, you're still a human and that sometimes work can still be shit and sometimes there's people that you're not going to get on with like any job and and sometimes you don't want to be there and sometimes you don't enjoy what you're doing and you know as as much as it is a great job and 
being on telly is fun. It's not as glamorous as it seems. And and I, and I hate sort of saying all this because I always feel like people go, oh, well, it's me. And again, it's taking it back to that thinking of what other people are thinking of you, isn't it? And mm. how people are going to be judgmental. But yeah, it, it's... But you're allowed to say those yeah. things. You know? yeah, you're yeah, allowed yeah. to you're say true. like it is not as glamorous as it looks. Yeah. And I think, I actually think that's in, in some ways a, a good thing to get across as well because... People, you know, a lot of people strive for for fame and to be famous because they think it's going to be this like super glamorous life, and you know, all their worries will melt away. And obviously, that's just not the case. You know, at the end of the day, like you said, you're still a human. But also, in so many other ways, it's so. There's so many more pressures that people could never foresee. Like, there's so much speculation on you. I mean, I don't know, and I'm putting things on you but I'm assuming coming of age from 14 to 24 with a lot of eyes on you females one thing but to have like a lot of the male gaze on you like I think the way that people are about schoolgirls and that sort of thing is fucked um Mm. and then there's just the pressure of being a woman in the media or a child in the media that can't be underestimated and I mean I I still feel like terrible guilt when I'm like oh well you know some of it's really hard because people are like, oh, well, you know, you're so lucky. And it's like, fine, if you think that, if you want to misunderstand, that's fine, but this is my truth. And, and you know, more and more people say it now. You know, we, we did an amazing episode with Holly Hagen who said something really similar about, you know, you think TV is going to be just the, the tits, but actually there's a lot of hard stuff and the money, yeah. you know, it's not everybody's super rich, not everybody's right. doing yeah. great yeah. all the time. That's it. Again, like the assumptions are made and there's been a lot of this recently around me and speculation with what's gone on going, oh, you know, she left a job paying X amount and why would she do this to do that? And I, I sort of go, well, okay, well then ask those questions. Did I, was I making that much? You don't know what I was making. And mm. actually, I think, again, those assumptions are made that you're, you're on telly, so one, you're making a fortune. Not true. Um, even when you're in, like, a long-running job, that's not true. Like, um, you have to sort of be busy. You have to be there a lot for it to be a good income. And people don't don't appreciate that, don't realise that. So if you're, you're there and you're quiet, and then, you know, it can be hard week to week, month to month. And then when you're out of a job and you're sort of, you know, you might get paid 500 quid to do a commercial or something, but then that 500 quid has got to last you for the next six months that you mm. might not work. And so I, I think it is that people just assume. And um, I'm all right in thinking as well that actually how much you earn is in the hands of the TV show in, in regards to how much they put you in, like you're paid per episode. Is that right? Yeah, so essentially, the busier you are, so if you're in a big storyline and you're really busy and you're working every day and you're in every episode, then your wages will be much better than if you are not in. If you're not right. in, essentially, you're not getting paid very much. Right. That's okay. how it how it works. Yeah. Um, but you're then contractually bound to not be able to do anything else. And when they say anything else, what do they mean? Like, like you can't do any other work? Like, pretty much anything else. Everything sort of has to be run by the company and I think they all they all work like that that's how they work and obviously it's to sort of keep you exclusive but there has to be some give and take especially when you know you're like we all have you've got bills you've got mortgage I've got a child you know I've got a partner and I've got all these things and so not knowing what you're earning month to month 
is really difficult. Like, and it's hard to budget for that. And my my husband, he's just set up a new business, so you know, there wasn't one of us that was going, okay, we know what we've got coming in. And yeah. So it's it, it, and this is the thing people don't see, and and people do just sort of make those assumptions. And go, well, you must be rolling. And even like one of my uncles went to me once, and this is years ago. He went, yeah, but you know, you're like on a footballer's wage, aren't you? And I was like, guess spat my tea out, like serious. <laughs> but and it, and at that moment, I went, oh my god, but this is what people think. What people yeah. Think. That was my moment of realization yeah. of going, everybody thinks that yeah and I'm obviously not going to disclose what I earn or what I've earned but it's so like far far removed from the truth yeah but also I find it really interesting that people use what you earn as like a defense for why you shouldn't do anything else and it's like yeah sorry you don't find people talking to Steve Jobs being like well you actually made like a couple of million back there with that iPhone so I don't know why you're making another one for like he wants to keep earning money men want to keep earning money men want to invest 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 how many people you know venture capitalists no one says to them well you've already got that one and that's you know you're rolling in it yeah Yeah. what are you doing more for yeah it's the weirdest thing that people are trying to like cap you you're like no you're a successful woman Leave it there. Also, that doesn't go hand in hand with being happy either, does it? Mm -mm. Like, you could be making the most money in the world, but if you're not happy doing that, then why would you continue to do that? Like, Mm. you've you've got to find that balance. You've got to be happy. You spend most of your life working. Mm -hmm. So you want to do something that you love, that you enjoy, that you can be in control of and that you can look forward to rather than, you know, getting huge waves of anxiety and and feeling like this is where I was at, sort of feeling like sort of dread of going in and, and, and working. And again, that's what people just presume, oh, it must be so much fun. It must be this, it must be mm. that. And it's like, mm, no, no. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's got there's got to be that. Yeah. So so take us back then. So you left Hollyoaks, you decided to do your own thing and you did loads of theatre and you had a great time. What then happened from, what what was next from there? So sort of on and off, I, I returned to the show a few times, um, did the odd episode here and there, did a few months, or sort of like dipped my toe back in. And it was always nice to revisit because I've got, obviously from being there for so young, I've got people that I've grown up with, cast and crew, that have been there since day one. So it is like going home. It is like a big family, a lovely team. Um, so I always enjoyed returning. Also, it's very close to where I live, so convenience-wise, it's mm-hmm. great. Um and yeah, sort of returned, left again, um, and in the gap leaving, I did another theatre job where I met my husband, um, John. So we met, and then the next sort of five, six years was us meeting, working. We both did other things. We trained as personal trainers. That's what he does now, like full time. Um, and then I got pregnant with Stanley, and so then I became a mom, navigated my way through all of that craziness, mm. um, and. It was just sort of as I was about to go back to work, I was sort of working in the beauty industry at the time, and that I got a phone call again from Hollyoaks sort of saying, we want to reprise the role and would you be interested? And and for me then it was like, well, yeah, because I've always sort of enjoyed it. It was more convenient. It would give me more, more freedom with Stan in that the job that I was going to be doing was going to be uh, on the road quite a lot. So in terms of just being able to go down the road, there's a nursery on site. So it was great. Stanley came with me a lot for the first sort of two years of his life. Um, And yeah, and I went back and and that was like four years ago now. So returned, um, reprised the role and... Yeah, and then and then four years later, I'm not there anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So different story. Yeah. So now you do OnlyFans. Yes. It's like is that like would you consider that your main job now, or do you do like a bunch of you multi hyphenate? You doing a bunch of things. I would say now that well, it's my main income, and it's great because it's given me financial 
stability, financial freedom to to be more selective about the yeah. things that I do. It's given me time to do the school runs. It's given me time to go, okay, I'm going to take that week and we're going to go on holiday and things that I've not been able to do before because of um, constraints of working for a production company. Yeah. Um, you know, holidays and things like that. Even if you're not in episodes, again, that's another thing. You can't go, well, I'm not in that week, so, you know, I'm going to go away for a few days. It's like, well, you can't because we might need you. Oh, my God. Um, And so it's just given me a lot of time back. It's given me time to find myself. And, um, but, yeah, I wouldn't say it's, like, it's funny because it's sort of, like, it's not my job per se. Like, a lot of people are going to me, oh, so you are you ever going to go back to acting? I'm like, well, I've never left it. Yeah. It's not like you finish an acting job and you go, well, I'm not an actor anymore, now I've right. finished that role. Yeah. It's like, this is what happens, like, in between yeah. jobs. Yeah. Um, I never, there was never my intention to set up an OnlyFans platform and go, this is this is what I'm doing now. My intention was to set it up and have it as, like, um, something that I could be creative and free with and, and earn money and feel empowered and have copyright of my images and have say over who I work with, what happens with my images, um, sort of on the side, but that was taken out of my control and the sort of media explosion that happened yeah. after I launched and after they uh, Hollyoaks announced that they'd fired me, that then was taken out of my hands. So whereas it was quite nicely going under the radar, mm. suddenly I was like shoved to the forefront of this right, yeah, epi like this epicenter of craziness and was in like fight and flight, fight or flight for about a month, six weeks of yeah. just like. Oh, so yeah, so I wouldn't say it's it's not exclusively what I do, but it has offered me a lot of freedom. Yeah, it, it was a media explosion, wasn't it? It was, it was insane. Crazy. I literally it was like, like shitstorm. Me- yeah, media yeah shitstorm. and I've never had that. Like in the whole twenty six years that I've sort of been in the industry, I've never experienced that. I think I've been very sort of fortunate that I've never been in any sort of um, situation or scenario where that has happened. I'm quite quiet. I'm quite actually quite like I try and keep myself to myself and so suddenly to be pushed at the forefront and have like Granada TV sat in my living room the morning after this had been announced and like I say this was something that I didn't <laughs> I didn't go by the way guys I've been fired and uh, yeah. I'm now on OnlyFans like yeah. that I wasn't even aware that they were going to do that so really? that in itself was really sort of like whoa fuck like okay and then for it to get picked up so much um, but in a way it's sort of the best thing that could have happened because yeah, and I'm imagining, I don't know, this this might be wrong, but did you receive a lot of support from from the firing? But, you know, it, through, through the media sort of telling this your story, did you receive a lot of support off the back of it? Yeah, and people like, sort the support's of been amazing. That's being great. in solidarity with you. It's, yeah. yeah, it's been overwhelming because obviously I saw that headline come out, it was like nine o'clock at night, the day that I'd been fired. And got this. It was the same day. It was the same day, yeah. And got this huge like urge of like, oh my god, what's what's going to happen? Mm. And then, then like I say, I went into fight or flight, and I was like, I've got, a, I've got a fight, I've got to defend myself. And yeah. it was really difficult as well because I'm I'm speaking a lot more openly about it now. But again, I was in that that like, oh, god, I'm going to have to filter everything. Like, yeah. what can I say? What can't yeah. I say? And, yeah. And so it was difficult to defend myself, but not be like completely honest about what had happened and my um, version of events and and yeah but the support yeah has been amazing it was overwhelming and really really helped me through all of that craziness like Mm -hmm. riding that weird big wave um 
and support from women in yeah. particular has been just amazing. And I think that's it. I think people have grown up with me and can see the hypocrisy of everything that I've ever done in right. my career that has been out of my control. Yeah. For then to me take to take control of that yeah. and then be reprimanded for it was really like, are you are you actually serious? The, the thing that's so striking is that you did the Hollyoaks calendars and you did, it was like, they're very happy for you to be sexualized as long as it's making them money. But when, sorry, this is, I'm probably speaking very badly against um, <laughs> against them. But it, it, the, the, the thing I suspect that led to so much support and certainly like just lit a fire under me when I read your story was just like, this is absolute bullshit because you've, you've lived your whole life and so many women in the media have been sexualized mm-hmm your whole life and you were a kid Mm -hmm. you know when it started whether anyone you know puts their hands up and admits that but you know it's teenage it's a you're you're a teenage star and it goes on and on and on your whole life and you've been sexualized your whole life and the show know that because every show knows that because that's how the media works that's how everything works and it's like all of a sudden you've taken control you're making the money you're editing the images or not editing the image we know whatever it's in your control and that's when everybody's pissed and it's actually so like it's been the most unlikely like excitement exciting thing to watch women be so supportive because there would have been a time not that long ago where women probably would have been like you know not not as not not as supportive as what they have been yeah I think it's the back it's the backstory isn't it that's the thing with with what's happened to me and the fact that the the content I'm doing is the same as the content I've always done yeah (laughs) yeah so we looked at the calendars like the Hollyoaks calendars before. All you have and to do is Google, and literally, there's like a whole... It's like... sexualized. They totally profited, Hollyoaks mm-hmm. totally profited off their actresses being sexualized. And the guys, like the, and uh, the, sorry, the guys. Yeah. Like and both. the guys. Like, yeah. and Were you comfortable doing that? Sorry to ask. No, but... it's fine. I, do you know what? I always, and that's that's the thing that about me, like starting my OnlyFans, I've always really enjoyed the sort of um, bikini shoots. And whether that's because I've done them all my life and mm. I've sort of never known any different. Um, I wanted to be, when I was 12, I wanted to be a model. So for me, that sort of ticked that box that I was doing like photo shoots and right. I was getting glammed up. And what I didn't enjoy about them was the sort of, the play off of other girls. And it's only now, and only now that I talk to, you know, other actresses that were best friends of mine that were on the show at the same time that we go, fuck, like, we were, were taken advantage of. And at the time, mm. we sort of just went with it. And there were times that we did feel a bit uncomfortable, but sort of went, okay, well, but this this is it. And it wasn't even just the shoots and stuff. It was on the show. Like, we were in our pants most of the time yeah. <laughs> on yeah. the show. Um, How old were you when you started doing the sort of more bikini pant, you know? I think I think I remember my first shoot being, like, 17, 18. <laughs> Sorry. But do you know oh, what? Okay, I'm like, not. I, it's because it's so annoying. Because they say the reason they had beef with you doing this, right, was because the Hollyoaks is for a younger audience and they don't want yes. people under 18 I would viewing actually, this content. But, but they'll use you under 18. Mm. Oh, I'd actually like to read out a little bit of their statement. Oh, yes, the, the statement. So they explain that it's a youth facing drama with many young viewers who follow our cast very closely. So due to that reason, doesn't permit any of the actors to participate in certain 18 plus websites, which is the just the sheer hypocrisy is unbelievable. It's actually coconut. And yeah, at yeah, 17, 18, you, you were 
in your pants yes. on camera for them. But my argument with that as well is that actually by moving my content from Instagram, so the pictures, the bikini lingerie sort of shoots that I was doing that I found really empowering, I find really empowering as a, as a mum sort of going out there and going, mums can be sexy, you know, I'm in my 40s now, you can be in your 40s and sexy, I work hard to like look after myself and I'm proud of that and I think that I find inspiring off other women and so I try to inspire other women but I moved those images off my Instagram and put them behind one behind a paywall but two behind a platform that where you have to be over 18 to access them you have to have ID you have to have Mm. facial recognition so actually that youth audience cannot now access those images so if anything it's a safer space and they never had an issue with you with those images when they were open no. for everyone to see on your no, Instagram. Yeah, and no. being sold on their calendars to right. make their money. It's right. literally that they didn't want you making money from your own body, what, right? What do you that's th- what do you think that's what it boils down to? Well, I, ca- I can't see any other reason. And right. it, and it's like, the, you know, I, I, I love, like, a lot of the other the girls and, and stuff on the show. And a lot of their Instagram is still full of, you know, paid collaborations with lingerie brands and, you know, sexy images. And that's great. But that's some that's okay. Somehow yeah. that's still okay. And it was yeah. okay when I was doing it on Instagram. But now I have taken control. Yeah. This, the thing is, they this is the thing that I've sort of not spoken out much about, but they, they actually knew. This wasn't like a, on a whim, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set up an OnlyFans. I've been planning doing something for months and I kept circling back to OnlyFans, kept circling back and and had, so you have to get approval to do things through the company. So I went through all the right avenues to get approval, had Zoom calls, chatted to them and, and eventually had an email saying, we will okay this internally. So when I set it up, it wasn't me going, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it, fuck it, I'm just gonna do it. They knew it was live for a week and then a week into it being live, and it had been in the press and it had all been positive. It had all been great. I'd done a lovely podcast and chatted about it really positively about the show, really positive about what I was doing, how empowering it was, how how much I was taking back my creative freedom and control. Um, and yeah, then a weekend got pulled into the office to go, you've got to take this down. I was like, but why though? Was it a choice? Did they say you have to take it down? It was essentially your an ultimatum. Or... Right. Wow. But by that point, I was a weekend and enjoying it and and not happy at work. Again, that's, you know, a thing that people go, yeah. oh, you, you must have been happy. Well, I wasn't happy. Um, and so for me, it was it was a no-brainer. I, I, it, was, it was the creative financial freedom that I was looking for, and I'd found it, and they knew, and, and you know, they wouldn't work with me to find some sort of um, way that we could make it work. And I was like, we could, we could make this real, like, for the show, this could be amazing. This could be yeah. really empowering. Like, why don't we use it support me help me and yeah yeah, it was just a no 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 so i was like right well i have to go with my gut that they that they said it's okay and then changed their minds like you know you well then sort of like denied that but yeah I've got so many questions. I have so many questions. It's so nice to actually talk about it as well and talk openly about it like i feel like it's been six months now nearly um and it's nice to to be able to be open and honest. And, you know, they made their decisions for whatever they made their decisions, you know, why, the reasons, whatever. But I feel like, for me, this has been the best thing that could have happened. And in a way, I wasn't very happy there. And I think I would have stayed there forever because it was convenient, because I knew it, because I could do it without even mm-hmm. thinking, you know. Yeah. yeah. I, 
it had been a part of my life for so long and I think maybe I needed the push. I, I believe in everything for a reason. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in the way that they did it. I, I wish that it hadn't happened that way. I would have liked to have had a last day of filming. I would have liked to have said bye to everyone. What oh, did they wow. do to your character? Was it immediate effect? With immediate effect, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had no, I couldn't even go in and wrap up the storyline or say bye. I mean, I'm friends with those people anyway, so it doesn't wow. matter. I will yeah, see them regardless. But, but it's just after... So many years of like loyalty and professionalism. It's just like a bit of a kick in the well, gut to go and off you go. Because you haven't done anything wrong. That's the like it feels like it's like the it's a scarlet A, isn't it? It's like the shamed woman. Like you've we're banishing you. Like you've done this yeah. thing, but it's like but you not only did you have permission, you know, but you also were doing what you've always done. Like it just it's the it's the most extraordinary. Like it just feels so outdated that yeah. it's like well, especially shoo. for such like a. A forward-thinking think, show. Yeah, you know they're so like they. This really like grated on me as well. They did a, an episode that I saw. I didn't see the episode, but I saw all the sort of social media around it for um, International Women's Day and and being. And I got a lot of messages about it. This is how I knew about it. People going, "Are you serious? Like, yeah. are they actually being hypocritical again? Going, women can be anything they want to be, and um, <laughs> why should society society can't tell women what they can and can't be?" So I had, I had to quote it on my Twitter because I was just like, I got I was speaking to a husband going. <gasps> I try and, I'm trying to like not get riled about this, but that infuriates me. Yeah. It's outrageous. It's like women can be anything they want to be unless it's on your your terms. Yeah. Yeah. And you say they can't be that. Women can't be, be exactly what we, we want, want them to be. Yeah. 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 When, yeah, yeah. when it's okay for yeah. us. As long as we're profiting off of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's insane. And I just feel like they've got such a good platform to make it such a more positive. And, and you know, and they've always been good at putting those messages out, but it's like you use it, utilize it. Like, yeah. don't actually be, be progressive. Yeah, exactly. And they also, like, I think you have to hold, like, everybody has to hold their hands up to an extent and realise, okay, like, if they think what you're doing is wrong and, you know, they think that you shouldn't be sexualised or whatever, you know, if, they, if, they, if that's their belief, then they've got to pull the calendars. You know, if, if they're well, going they to To be fair, they don't do oh, the calendars anymore. Okay. That's but, good. Yeah, but, that's a start. But it's still that, a big part of the, sh- yeah, the, the history of the show. Yeah. And the, you know, the characters are right. still sexualized. When did they stop doing the calendars? It's been a while. We've not done them for a while. But saying that, I did, and I think um, I put a post up about this, not specifically naming them, but I did a shoot when I first returned just under four years ago. Mm for um, a tabloid in my underwear. Mm. Um, again, it was a really empowering shoot for me. I was training really hard. Um, I had my little boy, he was 18 months old, and I felt great. And they were like, they want you to do a shoot. And I was like, okay, well, this could be like, feel amazing for me. Um, and I did it and I enjoyed it. It was with a female photographer that I love and um, a whole female team and it was great and I loved it. But the shots that I did, I was doing some shots for my OnlyFans and I, one of them I was like, that looks familiar. And I pulled out this shot that I'd done and it was identical, essentially. It's like sort of lying on a bed in my underwear and you can sort of see my bum. And I put that mm. post up to sort of go, look, yeah. this was four <laughs> years ago. This this image was out of my control, sort of, you know, the copyright isn't mine. It, yeah. it went wherever I want. I didn't make any money from it. Um, it might have been edited. I don't know. And then the bottom picture is me, like, in control. I've chosen to do this. Mm. I haven't edited the pictures. Like, I feel comfortable, I feel confident, and, and it got a really big response because it was like, well, that's the insanity of it. And again, the hypocrisy of it is that that shoot was something that was arranged by them not that long ago, and then I'm doing essentially the same thing, but yeah. now it's in my control. It's, yeah. That's now not allowed. Yeah. Do you think... Oh, 
so many questions. <laughs> Do you think if a man from the show had done the same thing, set up an, an, an OnlyFans, do you think the same thing would have happened? I don't know. I, and that's always sort of the question. And that all of these things have gone round my head since mm. I finished. And, you know, I've, I've looked at other people's accounts and again gone, well, hang on a minute, why is that allowed? But what I'm doing isn't allowed. The guys as well, you know, there's... If, even still to this day on the show, you know, the, the, the guys are being sort of stripped off and, and that's okay. Mm. Um, I do feel like I have been um, sort of targ- targeted, is that the right word? You know, I'm like sort of... Um, yeah, made an example of. Definitely made an example of, yeah. which I find is really unfair, mm. you know, um, for many reasons, many reasons, but yeah... What, what strikes me about that as well is that just like it must feel like an absolute betrayal given that you were there since you'd started working with them in 1996. That's six, 26 a long years. Time ago, yeah. 26 years. Yeah. You know, I know not the whole time working for them, but your relationship, you know, had lasted that long. It's such a betrayal on their part. It just makes me sad. Like, you know, I've put in. Yeah, I've, I've, I've missed things that Stanley's done because I've been at work. And I know every mother, every parent has this. Um, I'm not, again, I'm not going, woe is me. Like, you, your job is your job. But I've sacrificed a lot and, you know, uh, dropped drop things that uh, basically they can call you and go, we need you in now. So, you know, at the drop of a hat gone, right, I'm on my way, I'm on my way, I can do it, yeah, it's fine. Stanley was really poorly in hospital for six weeks and I... I went to work because I was scared that I was going to get written out of storylines. And even now, this still makes me emotional now talking about it, because even now I really regret that. I regret going, leaving my little boy in hospital and going to work when I should have, I should have just gone, no, I can't be there. Like, like he was with his daddy and my, my parents were there. Like, it's not like I left him on his own, but I don't, I went to work and I filmed and I don't remember that day of filming I just remember watching it on screen a few weeks later and going I don't remember doing that but that again like that's not your fault like that's indicative of how insecure you felt in that job yeah yeah you know, it does yeah. speak it to the environment right that you didn't feel that you could say and, this at the end and, of the and day, they let you come in if you leave they knew your kids yeah. in hospital don't so come in babe like, just don't just, just don't just, be there yeah and at yeah. the end we'll of the day for the, for the well-being of your child you have to earn an income well this you is have to thing. make money again, so it's not your fault yeah but I understand that that would be, especially then when they just drop you out of nowhere with immediate effect, don't even give you a chance to say goodbye. That yeah. would feel really That's when painful. The, 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 yeah, that loyalty that it's, it's not reciprocated, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, you get, it's like you, you just get nothing back and it's like you don't, they don't care. And I think any other company that you worked for 26 years, you know, there's, you'd be getting a lot more back from that. And I just feel like... Yeah, it's really sad. It's just, I find it just really sad that it's, yeah, ended the way it has. Yeah, yeah. it does just, I, I keep like spinning around with it thinking, okay, if it was another company, you know, because I am sure, and I'm sure you've had this, you know, people say this to you since this is all broken and since you started doing OnlyFans, but people must say, okay, well, you know, if you work for like HSBC or whatever, they probably don't want their employees. Although actually thinking about it, probably a lot of OnlyFans people have um, in quotes, regular jobs. So maybe I'm wrong, but you know, I, I can, I can, I could see perhaps some um, 
somebody more conservative could put the argument forward saying, well, you know, companies wouldn't want me want, want their employees doing this because it's not great for the brand. But I just I, I sit that and then I just get this like horrible, like gnarly feeling in my tummy. But it's like from four years ago, you did glamour shoots. You, they've, they've wanted you doing glamour. They, they've they've profited the whole time. I know we've just like, we've just gone over all this, but I just can't get yeah. over it in my head. It's just like I can't rationalise their decision mm. on any front. Like it's it is it is unfair. Yeah, because like I remember Hollyoaks. Like I used to watch it growing up, and it was like all about the pretty girls. They had loads of pretty girls on. Like that was their thing. Pretty blonde girls, didn't they? Yeah. Like loads of pretty blonde girls. Like they've always. It's not like an H. HSBC, I guess, that has, like, absolutely nothing yeah. to do with appearance yeah. at all. But yeah. it's something that's always been no, integral to them. Yeah, no, no, I'm sure there's some beautiful people at HSBC. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but that's not, that's not a requirement, no, I guess, yeah, exactly. for, you know, for working at HSBC. Whereas I imagine with Hollyoaks, especially... In the past. Back in the day. Back yeah. in the day. It, it was, of course it was. Like yeah. everyone was beautiful. It was known as the, the sexy soap, wasn't the it? The glam soap. soap. Yeah. And, you know, we used to really fight against that because obviously we were working really hard at doing these storylines mm. and performing our little asses off and just being like, ah, and all we're seeing as is this sexy, sexy soap. And I think that's what maybe, again, something that the show are really against is that they're trying so hard to be. Um, known for the drama and recognised for that, but it's always going to have that association. Mm. And no matter what they've done to me, like I will always have that association with the show, regardless. Like I can't get away from the character. Yeah. I will yeah. always be. And known. you and will I, have done those fine. shoots, and those photos will exist forever. forever. And yeah, and they're not in your control. Yeah. And I think that's something people don't realise when. Even when we put stuff on Instagram, and it's something that I actually need to sit with more. It's like the minute you put that on that platform, that's it is gone. gone. Yeah. Out, anybody can use that, yeah. and anybody can take that, and anybody can do anything with it. But you've created, and and I I wanted to go on. I wanted to set up an OnlyFans account so that I could um, stalk, stalk. Well, yeah, stalk. <laughs> you understand how the platform worked, yeah. and then I just thought I was having a night to myself last night because Alex was out with his mate, and I was like, you know what? He's going to come home and be like what's happened here? Why are you on OnlyFans? Why, why do you have an account? So I was like, you know what? And I've got to go meet my accountant next week. I was like, it's just going to be a whole conversation that I just, I'm not ready for. But, <laughs> I, so I just have to, because I failed to do my own research because I'm a pussy and I'm scared of having to explain it away. I want to ask you so many questions about like how it works and like how much power you have with it and everything. I have all the questions. So yeah. sorry. But first of all, I guess when did you start it? For no, not that, quite recently. So end end of October. Okay. So and you just, just under six months ago. You set up an account. I set well. I set up an account um, before that. Prior to that, to do the same thing, I signed up mm. to a few other creators to stalk and see, yeah. understand the platform, see how it works, yeah. see what they're doing on there. Because obviously, like the, the the first time I heard the words OnlyFans, or someone made the suggestion, I did the same as everyone did and went, whoa, no, 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 that's that's not, not what I'm doing. Not, yeah. And then didn't understand that actually the platform is much more than that. And, mm. uh, you know, it's got that explicit content on there, hence why it's an over 18 site. Mm. But there's there's loads of content on there. It's like a content creator's right. paradise. You can go on there and do whatever you want. Like, really? You can oh, be I a music teacher, you can be a yeah. you know, DJ's cooking, what? yoga. Yeah. Um, like, oh my god, I'm gonna have an account. Yeah, there's all I'm gonna, sorts. I'm gonna have an account. It's okay. like a Patreon, isn't it? Essentially, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not like um so say so say like with uh, Instagram or something like that, you you, you know, you 
you log on and it makes suggestions or, you mm. know, what are your likes? You follow, try following this person or based on the accounts that you follow, it will throw in another account. It doesn't work like that. So you have to go on and look for, know the creators that you want to follow. So right. know mm. their username. So again, it's quite a safe platform in that if you're following me, it's not going to throw up any suggestions of on here some porn you might like you know right. it, it it won't do that you, you will to, just follow me that's a great like respect great. for the creator you, you're paying a subscription so you you don't want loads of ads popping up or loads of other people yeah. that you're not interested in seeing popping up no. it's literally just you will follow me and you'll get my content um and then it works sort of like an instagram platform in that you've got your main wall feed so you put your main posts up um there's a little stories thing so you can do stories like instagram um, and then the the sort of um, exclusivity bit of it, other than obviously people paying and then only being, mm-hmm. you, you can only see those posts if you pay, is that you can direct message that person so I can get messages. But this is where it's so much better, is that if somebody is disrespectful or says something that is, you know, offensive or anything that normally on Instagram you might block someone and then mm. suddenly they'll pop up again and they'll pop up again and... You just can't get rid of the the trolls that really want to target or attack you. Um, on OnlyFans, you can first of all you can restrict that person so they can't message you, they can't buy any messages. That's, That's it; they're shut down. They're gone. But they can still see your wall posts. They can you can still have right. them as a s- subscriber, but they can't interact. So with you can you. basically still take them. You can money. still get the, their money. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, and then second, oh, that's, so that's exactly right. So that's what control. you deserve. But, or you can block people completely. So if if there's somebody, I did it today actually. Someone sent me a message, and I was just like, nope, I do not want this person like interacting with me in my life, making any sort of comments. So I just blocked, and they get full refund, and they're gone, and they cannot set up another account. So and it and so they can't use OnlyFans, or they cannot contact you they can't contact me so they can't set up another account and sign up as someone else yeah um and then the relationship i have with OnlyFans again which is really empowering for me is that if somebody so i knew there was somebody lifting images and leaking images Mm. um so i got them shut down completely so they can't access OnlyFans ever again because they have their ip address wow so i was going to ask you about that about people leaking like what what's in place to stop people from just signing up to you subscribing to your platform screen grabbing screen grabbing literally screen grabbing and then and then putting it on a random website like what how do you how can you police that so you can't you can't really in that people will leak them and it's inevitable and it's happened and it's fine i mean it is what it is it's fine it's not fine because it's annoying because obviously they're my images and it's copyrighted and it's not fair on the people that are paying money to see them but it's fine in that i'm I'm not worried about people seeing the images. Like I say, whatever no. goes on there would have been stuff that yeah. would have gone out previous. Um, you have, annoyingly, it's another thing that I, I pay like a monthly um, fee for a takedown company. So obviously all those pictures are copyrighted, so they get lifted, so that's illegal. So you send out a, um, a legal notice and then those images get removed. We're okay. That's so it's a, it's a constant that's process. It's, yeah. some, it's something that I essentially employ somebody to do, mm. but you don't have that control with Instagram. Mm. They, the tabloids would never pick them up because they know the severity of that. Oh, they can't use them because they're copyrighted to you. Yeah, so when they do get leaked, they only go to like random, Reddit dodgy little and, horrid yeah. websites yeah. and then they get taken down. Um, so it's just that constant, right? There's another one, take that down, take that down, take that down. That's that's so cool with the tabloids that they can't take them. Yeah, yeah. that's brilliant. Because they yeah. can't twist, like you must have this where they get 
uplifted and then they'll put a headline with you like going, uh, and it's like you, they just caught you mid yeah. like sneeze or something. See, but suddenly I, like, oh, Sarah's really pissed off about this thing. It's like, yeah. no, I wasn't. <laughs> I had no idea that you were so like protected in a way by using the OnlyFans platform. Yeah, so much more protective. Even things like people can send you pictures like they can on Instagram DMs, which mm. I don't go into Instagram DMs anymore. One, because I don't want to see penises um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and horrible pictures. Um, and two, because I was getting, um, there was an account that was really quite um, uh, threatening and I got felt very, very uncomfortable, intimidated, um, got the police involved and there's not very much they can do. Um, and so I just don't go, I don't go into that anymore. Whereas yeah. again, on OnlyFans, if that was to happen, I have much more control um, you could actually find out who that user is. But if a picture gets sent, it's pixelated. So it would be my choice to, to open it. it. Yeah. You can't see what it is unless you go click to open. Yeah. So again, I've got much more control. Like I don't have to see You're any not of just that like stuff. Confronted with like a, what's it called? Is it cyber flashing, isn't it? Cyber Where they flashing, just, yeah. yeah. They just pop up. Yeah, yeah, which is horrendous, isn't it? Like, yeah. you know, if someone did that to you in the street, yeah, it's but it's but suddenly it's it's allowed if it's online. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it, it you know it's um it's much more it's a much safer space for me. I feel much more comfortable on there. Weirdly, it's actually a really nice community, which I never thought I'd say. I didn't I didn't expect to feel like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, are all your sorry? Are all your followers male, or can you tell? Do you know the the demographic? The split. I don't know the demographic. There's no insights, but um. Majority male, but yeah. there are some women on there yeah. which have followed me over and are just like, I either I love you or I, I'm really like, think this is amazing or actually I'm setting up an account or I've got a few couples on there that are just like, we love you and we, oh. you know, we want to see your picture. It's amazing. It's such amazing. a sign of respect. Like, yeah. I think, you know, the amount of people, like, let's be honest, everybody watches porn and how many people are using scummy, shitty, exploitative sites like, I don't know, put them on blast, but Pornhub. Exactly. You know, you just don't know where yeah. it's come from and it's yeah. whatever. But it's. It, I think it's a mark of a good person that they will go and actively pay and respect the person. And like my um, fiance Alex is really, really like morally, like he he's really won't do strip clubs or anything because he's got this like real sort of moral, like well you just don't know and who's expl who's making money here and blah, and whatever. And I actually think that's like one of the best things. Like when he told me that when we first got together, I was like, "You are a lovely person." Yeah, I like, like you. yeah, this is yeah. lovely yeah. because it's the like it's not the 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 women. He's not saying that women shouldn't be doing it. He's saying what's but who's in control? But who's in control? That's the other thing about OnlyFans is that as the creator, the money has to be paid to you direct. So nobody else could go. Well, all right, right. you know, I'm gonna you're going to set up an account and here's all my details right. and yeah. like there, there's just no way of doing that. What percentage do they take only fans? 20%. 20%, okay. Which is fairly standard, I think. I think it's fairly the, standard, yeah. yeah. It actually sounds like, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't, be honest, I don't know it, but it sounds like a really good website and I'm sure it has its pitfalls as well. Oh but gosh, yeah, I'm sure it does. A good website, which is ironic given how um, well, stigmatized, like stigmatized, yeah. how stigmatized it is, yeah, and looked down upon, and and how c creators that that use it are are then they they then have this taboo around it as well. Yeah, have um, you had a big backlash, like not, taboo wise? Not really. I'd no. say it's been like a ninety ten split. Like I've had mostly support, and and oddly, like the the most I've sort of been targeted is by either mums going, mm. you're a mother, I can't believe you're doing this, 
it was like, okay, it was all right a week ago when I was doing it on Instagram, but suddenly, like, I'm in charge of it now, and, and you go and you can't do that anymore. Or by men, weirdly. Again, really? I didn't expect to be targeted by men, just going, like, you know, I can't believe you've you've given up um, this amazing job to basically show your bits online. I'm like, well, one, how do you know it was an amazing job? And two, I'm not showing my bits, thank you very much. Um, but people free, just make none this... of your fucking exactly. Yeah. What's it got to do with yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. dig into your career. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, what do you have over mine? Yeah, it's sort of like, well, it is that, isn't it? It's my body, it's my choice. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. Nobody, um, no one's forcing me to do this. Mm. Um, no one's forcing people to subscribe. Like, so yeah. why, why does it bother people so much? Yeah. Can I ask about your content? It is, it's basically what you just did before anyway. It's just, it's just, it's, it's lingerie, right? It's like lingerie, it's swimwear, it's sort of implied. So again, the sort of things that we would do. I, I always compare it to like um, men's mags of the noughties. So, mm. you know, like, um, and I'd done these shoots all my life, but like a, a, a boob hold and a sort of side on mm. implied or, right. you know, nothing that I haven't done before. Yeah. Um, That's the thing. It's not like you just like, I don't know, you were like a nice like pearl wearing church going like um, yeah. very yeah. like austere character in this show. And then you just press the fuck it button and we're like, nah, sod it. I'm just <laughs> going gonna, for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to start any fans. You've done this forever. The yeah. only difference is that you just, you make your own money yeah. now. I, can you tell I'm still just like mind exploding? Yeah. yeah. Can I, can I ask, do you ever see yourself like exploring content that goes beyond that? Like, no, do you think that's no, your, kind of your is, limit? Yeah, and I think that's really important. Well, it's really important for me, what I did and what me and my husband discussed. Because obviously I've, I've, I've really involved him in this because, mm. you know, as much as it's my choice, it will directly affect him and I didn't want him to feel um, uncomfortable. And obviously I'm sharing these... Um, for him, though, he's like, this is what you've done forever. Like, it's exactly mm. the same conversation. It's like, but there is you're the... in the safer space, so why yeah. would I... You know, yeah, why would I be bothered? The stigma for the like the people who can't be bothered to unpick all of it. Yeah, yeah. But we we when we when I decided to start it, I was like, I have my boundaries, like I would do anyway, and it's about managing expectations, I think. And that's what I've learned about the site is that a lot of people will jump on and go, oh, you're going to show us show us your bits then, and I'm like, well, no, no. that's not something that I offer. Um, you know, thanks for following, thanks for support. And actually, a lot of the time people go, okay, yeah, oh, yeah, totally respect that. And just wanted to ask the question because I think obviously the site does have that content and mm. that is it. And a lot of these people that are already on there probably follow people that have that sort of content. Mm. But because I've set my boundaries and managed expectations, it actually works really well for me. And anyone that thinks I'm going to show more or is expecting explicit content will just not renew their subscription. And that's fine oh, that's yeah. absolutely fine you know can I ask like your subscribers like do you have do, do you have a lot of subscribers like do you how do you keep them like because with you know with us it's like well you the, the algorithm says you have to post like three times a week and you do this many stories and you know yeah. we have to yeah. think about like the boring like business side of like Instagram and stuff to do it for a job do you do you with content creation for OnlyFans how does it work like do you have like a, a number count that goes up and down that you've got to keep an eye on do you upload posts every day week or day or stories like how does so it work? I'm quite um I post quite a lot on it because I feel like people are paying a mm -hmm. subscription and I feel like for that I will give the content so I'll post like um a couple of times a day like on my wall feed oh, really? and then there's um optional extra messages this is sort of like how you monetize it and um, where you can send out so say I've done a photo shoot that day in, in a laundry set but there might be extra pictures of that set so you can send those out as a message um, that evening and go well, these are like $10 to unlock 
Um, right. And then again, that's a choice for the subscribers. They might go, yeah, I want to see more of that or oh, no, one, I don't want to or two, I can't afford it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I will I will just do a photo set of like a nice laundry. But that's, that's the thing. I can now be like completely free and creative that I can go, actually, I want to like I've done a shoot with a couple of other girls recently and that's been great for like sort of pairing up with other women and especially for like International Women's Week and um, a day and going you know women supporting women and and cross creating and cross collaborating and that's been amazing yeah it's just keeping content fresh yeah and, yeah, and yeah. I can shoot stuff on my own I can shoot with photographers that I've wanted to work with forever and yeah. um and yeah go this is what I want to do I actually think this is this like harks back to a conversation that we had at the beginning of the year about empowerment and whether whether profiting off of sexualizing you know of, of yourself being sexualized can ever be empowering and I think to me this is like the um, epitome of it being empowering mm. of having full control over it of being happy doing it of knowing that it's a choice mm-hmm. and do you know what I'm, do yeah, you know what I'm trying think, to say? Because for forever, like, I mean, for forever, women have been ex- exploited. Yeah. Sex, women's sex. sexuality yes. is always, always going to be looked at, profited again. And yeah. and that's the thing for for as long as, you know, for as 26 years, Hollyoaks have profited from your sexuality. Mm-hmm. But for as long as we have been alive, even the feckin' Bible makes Eve sound sexy. Like, the whole yeah. thing, the whole way through life. And it's like brothels and whores and whatever. And it's, never those women that are making money and I think like we have and it upsets me so much that we have such a stigmatized view of pole dancers for example or strippers and on the one hand and there's such a debate about this and Mm. I could like talk about it for ages because on the one hand there's like this is the most empowering thing it's your body if anybody's going to make money from it which let's be honest someone will it should be you and that's so cool it's so sexy it's so strong I love to see it but then on the other side it's like but are you fueling not you, but you know, it's, it's one fueling this this sexualization, which in turn damages so much of this society. But again, maybe we'll, we'll always be sexualized. I don't know this so yeah. much. I find it, yeah. I find it so fascinating. But it's so amazing to hear about OnlyFans in the context of you having all the power. Yeah, mm. and it's the most refreshing way of recognizing that this is always going to happen, and it's always. It always will. Well, it's certainly for as long as we're going to be alive, this will always happen. Yeah. Why shouldn't you be the one making the money out of it? Yeah, yeah exactly. That's the thing. Like a few people have gone, this isn't empowering. It's not empowerment. Like, well, that's so, surely that's like a personal preference. I find it really empowering. Yeah. Right. It's empowering right. for me. Yeah. I am in control. And also just like, lol, that you're, you know, the morals of what you do are just are being picked apart. Yeah. yeah well, like, bit, again, let's look at their careers, yeah. you know? Like, the expectation of a woman to have morality. You can morality. do what you want. Yeah. yeah. Like you, why must you be modest? Why must you have peak, in their perception, morals? Why? Yeah. It's the weirdest... Oh, this is... The, <laughs> this just yeah. really got me going. But I need to ask about you being a mum and doing yes. it... Because that... That's what I love. Like, that... And, and the fact that you're... Like not, you know, because when you think when we think of like glamour shoots and this sort of thing, it's always, you know, like the the tabloids and whatever and 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 the the lads mags nuts and whatever. And you always think of it's being like 17, 18, 19. And that's what really stresses me out. As I remember looking at those when I was a kid, when I was like 17, being like, well, fuck, <laughs> like, I don't look like that. So it's really yeah, refreshing. Yeah, but I didn't look like that. No, <laughs> like, I look yeah. back at those pictures and go, I never had a shiny well, flat waist. What is going on there? <laughs> Why are my legs glowing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but to, to to see that you're doing it now in your 40s is that is such a challenge of everything of 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 women's beauty and perceived sexuality and all of this like it's so cool that you're just like now I'm cracking on like yeah and and, put, and ch- completely challenging that narrative like well, I why love the hell that not? and I feel like that I'm I'm not like the trailblazer for this like there are women that I aspire to and go oh my god like you're you look incredible and I'm doing it for the women that are maybe like in their you know about to turn 40 or going oh I'm scared of that and going no own it like yeah. stand up to your what you have and just go I feel incredible I you know I'm just gonna own it and why not? And lean into your sexuality. Sexuality yes. doesn't disappear when you like hit a certain age. It's or not when like you become a mom. I am that not. Or when you me. become a mom, you don't, you don't stop feeling sexy or feeling right. sexual or right. wanting that sexual um, sort of pleasure when you, when you become a mom. It doesn't just go. Right. So it's so important, I think, to acknowledge that and address that and and yeah. you know be open and honest about that. But that's like the society has never let women get old. Like we're not everything is like yeah. anti-aging and like yeah. young and you know, every it, you, we're not supposed to get old and basically we're supposed to become irrelevant when we have children. Yeah, we're we kind of done. Visibility. Yeah, those that those ovaries have done what they need to do. We can just package you up yeah, and you can just go and like now. fuck yeah, you yeah. You're done. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> we've we've you've served your purpose. You looked nice. <laughs> now you've made a baby. Bye. Um, so it's it's really cool to see like it being challenged. But you and you know you say you're doing it for other women and I think that works on like on a two prong thing because for one it's it stops women being so terrified of getting older which is imperative because I cannot bear this fear of aging when it's the biggest it's the best privilege. thing that ever happens as well what's the alternative right. of getting old it's yeah. just being dead and it's like I'd rather be old yeah I yeah. say this to my mum all the time you know she worries about aging and I'm just like Please don't, because if you stop aging, then I've lost you. Yeah. And that's the worst thing like, ever. Celebrate getting older. Yeah, it's a privilege it's so to get great. older and so, have health. Yeah. And, you know, it, that's yeah. an absolute privilege and gift. And you get to show women that it's you can still be all the great things that you've been throughout your career, except more powerful now because you own it all. But then on the other side, and, and this isn't your responsibility, but you're doing a great job at it anyway, you're showing men who are paying for this content what well, and I put this in quotation marks because I hate the expression, but what real women look like. Mm. And it's like, it's so weird that, um, again in quotes, porn or, or images like this, that for men are always teenage girls. Yeah. Like all the magazines, all the content, all the porno, it's always like stepdaughter, blah, blah, blah. The narrative is so toxic and the sexualization of young women, really young women, it's mm. so gross. And so it's really important that sexuality it keeps being represented in women at an older age because men ought to be finding women their own age, their own age. attractive yeah. and not and 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 I'm not saying all oh, poor men but you know if the only content that they have to look at is young women then that is what you're going to keep being interested in if they only see like shaved bouncy really young tiny women mm. you know that's what your interest yeah. is and that's what you'll maintain whereas this, and it's sinister it's fucking yeah, it sinister it's, sinister. it's, it's and it even strikes me as we're talking about it, how crazy it is that we're having this conversation because you are 40 you're 40 I'm 40 yeah 40 in the old. grand not scheme of things you're young no, I'm like... not at all, but this is what I'm trying to fight against it's like yeah I'm, I'm 40 I'm not old but suddenly <laughs> it's weird you hit 40 and you get put into um, uh, that bracket, like in in tabloids and things, looks great at forty. Don't, it's like yeah, yeah. It's, it's always with the always yeah. with the disclaimer. Yeah. yeah, fab at forty, fit at forty. There's, yeah. It's always yeah. that's so true, and it's it's just it's it, it highlights just how warped our 
our society is and our perception of like what should yeah what should be sexual <laughs> you don't have to answer this because actually it's a horrible hateful question that you will have been asked loads of times and it's and I and I hate myself for asking it but what do you think about your how old is your son now how's Stanley now he's five like do you I don't know, not do you worry because you shouldn't have to but do you worry or do you think or is it a concern or do people ask you you know when he gets older what you're gonna say or I don't know because I imagine you know I think people always say well I had a comment yesterday like think of the children (laughs) like you know when you make sexualized content people are always like oh but children are going to see this um and I wonder like have you thought about how you'll explain it to him or do you feel just totally chill with it I obviously we had this conversation and obviously there were um concerns and we address sort of the conversation that will be had and and the thing is again like the content is no different Right. So and I've been doing this a long, long time. So Stanley will, you know, get to the age where he can go on Google and Google mommy's name. And all of those images will pop up regardless. All the ones I have no control over, all the copyrighted images. I got papped on one of the um, the shoots with Holly. It was a long time ago. Um, I was completely unaware of it. And I was changing bikini top and they caught me topless and it went on the front of like the Daily Sport or something, and I was probably about 19. Mortified. Can I, ask, can I interject to ask you if Holly Oates worked to resolve that situation? No, it was never taken down. Right. This okay. is the thing. Right? That's fucking just pointing that Just pointing that out. It still exists. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not bothered. It still exists. Out. Well, I am bothered, but what I mean is it's still out there on the, the internet. This is sort of my point. Um, and. You know, my 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 dad saw that. My brother rang me and went, you're on the front of, like, the... You know, I didn't think that would be my sister. And I was like, oh, I was mortified. And I had no control, and I have no control over that. That image is out there. So, regardless, those pictures of mummy are always going to be out there. But what I would what I hope is that we will bring him up to be, you know, um, a, a, a man or a little boy that is completely sort of... That he understands he understands it's it's difficult to sort of like put it into words isn't it but that he will be a forward-thinking man young boy that hopefully in five years time things will have changed you know I don't plan on being on the platform forever so hopefully by the time he's a little bit older that's not what mummy will be currently doing Mm. you know I've got a lot more strings to my bow and Mm. um you know i there's a, a lot of opportunities have come off the back of this, which is fantastic. So, you know, I will act again. I will do other things again. I think the sort of perception of these things are changing. Everything's being monetized now. Instagram's about to monetize. TikTok does it. Twitter's doing it. Like, it's the way that social media is going. Mm. I'm not the first person to do this platform. I will not be the last. Mm. So I think it will be more of a norm that people are monetizing off um, either images like I'm doing or, you know, just content creator. And, and, and Stanley will understand that. And, yeah, There'll hopefully. There'll be less of a stigma. Uh, sure. Well, this is it. I mean, I, I, I think judging just by the reaction from Hollyoaks firing you for, for going on OnlyFans, I think that shows how far we've come. Yes. Because I do think five years ago it wouldn't have been the it case. Been and like I think that, we're, only, yeah. we're only going to de- destigmatise further from there. Generally speaking, we're so prudish about sexuality and mm. we're so judgmental about about it. And it's the weirdest thing because it's like, you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for sex. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't That's for right. sex. Okay, right. yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's literally like- We all do the sex thing. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? and, it's a, and it's like the magazines I make. So, you know, like how many times the kid during, you know, like 
your school breaks would you talk to your friends about sex and like learn what a blowjob is and you know what I mean like we're, we're so aware of sex we're hyper aware of sex we're sold sex the whole time and and it's and it's really cool to notice even within myself like my views of porn changing my views of like you know even my own sexuality my own boundaries my own my own content even you know I feel so much more impassioned and power empowered now and it's thanks to women like you making the content that you do that that next generation is going to be like hang on I don't need to be ashamed of this I don't need to hide this I it isn't fair that we can walk down a London street on a July Tuesday and see 50 nipples belonging to sunburnt builders mm. but if I get mine out literally yeah. somebody can call the police yeah. like that's <laughs> yeah, insanity it's just crazy um, it? so it's really exciting and yeah, that you're doing it, it so mainstream because like you know you're, you, you're, you're going to continue having a great career and this is just part of it well, and you just got to, you've got to own it and that was it I was like if I'm doing this I will own it and I think it's amazing and I think yeah and I th- again when I, come, coming back to Stanley you know I've done this for him, for us, for mummy to be in a better place, for mummy to be a better person, to have more time with him. Like, I think, if anything, he'll appreciate that, actually. I was around a lot more. Like, I wasn't seeing him when I was filming. If I was in a full day, I was leaving before he got up and I was getting home just as he was going to bed, whereas now I'm, I'm in his life a lot more, so... That counts for a lot more than going. Oh, there's mummy in a bikini again. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I think again, hopefully in in a few years' time, it, this will have all changed a lot, and I think it definitely yeah. will. Hopefully, I think so. I think it's cool, and I think you know, I can't imagine how awful it was to go through that experience with Hollyoaks and being fired after from you know somewhere that kind of I imagine like felt like family, and you've been there for so long. But and like you said, everything happens for a reason. Reason, and I think almost a blessing in disguise yeah definitely for you know and on a you know on a, on a like a collective level as well for pushing this conversation forward and obviously you have made yeah have been instrumental in making that happen so I think it's really cool and it's been so great to talk to yeah. you so so great to talk to you yeah, I feel like we could talk all day I know <laughs> I, want, I can't wait to listen back now it's really cool I know oh, thanks so, so yeah thank you so much for yeah for joining us so I am absolutely delighted to announce that Alex's OnlyFans accounts is now live. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I was really confused for a second. There. I was like, "You're going? What are you? Do- what are you talking about? You're going off script? Whoa!" <laughs> is this not how you wanted to announce it? No, the thing is, my mum will not get that this is a joke, and she'll be like, "What are you doing on OnlyFans?" It's not a joke, Norma. It's not a joke. Your daughter, we've. we've- We've lost her. <laughs> How amazing! Honestly, it, brilliant. I, really I'm, brilliant. I'm, I'm, I'm not ruling out not myself, but I, I don't think it's. A, I don't, I'm not sure it's for me. But I, I wouldn't mind an account. Just to, I want to see what's up. I'm curious. It's piqued my curiosity. Yeah. So I might. I might get an account. Me too. So. So. Is it just me? Okay, I've got a little something to ask you. Oh I'll, God, here we go. Hi, gals. Mm. Firstly, let me say I hate the podcast and everything it stands for. <laughs> 
joke. Did she say of course, that? I love it as love much it. as everyone else. It's my one I like. But I've got a good girl's got to attack, catch your attention somehow, right? Oh my god, I fucking love this person. I love this girl. Um, okay, so my confession is that I recently had a group of mates stay over at my new flat and woke up to the smell of my bestie cooking us all a banging fry up. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. I was doing the washing up from breakfast and realised my friend had used the saucepan I sterilise no. my menstrual cup in every no. month to cook the baked beans. No. In my defence, I do keep it in the cleaning cupboard under the sink all the way at the back so I don't accidentally make the mistake of ever cooking with it. As I live alone and I don't have loads of pots and pans, my friends must have searched Ooh. around to try and find something to cook the beans in and thought, oh, this will do. I'm so mortified, but I can't bear to tell my friends. Should I let them to continue to live in ignorant bliss or fess up? From... Oh god, she nearly said who it's from, but from blank. But please, for the sake of my social life, keep me as anonymous if you read this out. Ha 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 ha. Um, they never fucking tell them. What they never don't know can't hurt them. them. No, if they're still alive, I really don't think this is anything to do or with you. Or tell them, but give it like six months. At least. So they can be sure that it's through their system gone. <laughs> I mean, it'll be long gone before then, right? <laughs> but still give it six months because it's it's quite a funny story but uh, gross really gross <laughs> but not your fault i can't stress this but not your fault not your fault <laughs> absolutely not your fault i'm not but yeah i think this is, there's a lesson in here for the group and it's like never cook with anything that's not in a cooking place like if i came to your house and i found a random saucepan somewhere i wouldn't be like hmm so the lesson i got from this is just never cook <laughs> <laughs> full stop <laughs> you never know what's gonna happen <laughs> okay so hi guys love the pod lol uh, <laughs> i'm writing in because of your chat involving talking to men about how they how they might perceive diet culture in women's bodies i struggle slightly when talking to my boyfriend about feminism as on a number of occasions he has clearly got feminism and man-hating mixed up but i tend to get quite argumentative and it doesn't help anything and his opinion doesn't change i know you can't always change the way people think but he will frequently say he's not a feminist but does believe in equal rights and on a number of occasions i've also heard him equating fatness to unattractiveness especially when talking about women i never indulge these conversations but i don't know how to talk to him about these issues and get a positive outcome i've said this a few years ago and i've actually changed my mind on it massively but i think the point remains I think one of the worst things for the feminism brand was that it had the word feminine in because it means that men, macho men, manly men, men for whom toxic masculinity is, you know, in their blood, whether they mean for it to be or not, they instantly shirk away from it because they're like, oh, I don't want to be feminine. I, you know, I don't want this like this, this girly shit, you know, I'm better, you know, we don't, we're men, we don't need this like feminism stuff. And and, you know, you can be so simplistic, basically, if, if you want to be as a bloke and be like, well, it is equal. And sorry, I, I, I don't know if you, I know you weren't asking me specifically, but I have so many thoughts on this. I think, truthfully, we've got to a point now where feminism, um, this new wave, fourth wave of feminism does feel, and it has for a long time, I suspect, many different waves in, in many different ways. Feminine, feminism has felt like a direct threat yeah. to masculinity because a huge part of what this, of what feminism means to a lot of us at the moment is really dismantling the patriarchy because of the toxic masculinity that's so rife within it. And toxic masculinity is this idea that men have to be one way and women have to be the other. You know, toxic masculinity in my mind hurts both 
genders as much as each other. There's, there's, there's these gender roles, basically, and what feminism to a lot of us means is that we're fully dismantling that and deconstructing that and we want to go right and strip it right back and, and give equality not just so that we could go for the same job and get it which i think is a very basic and rudimentary view of what feminism and equality means and actually get it so that we're not going to be harassed on a daily basis we're not going to be terrified walking home we're not going to expect you to pay for dinner we're not going to you know get our children pink t-shirts and blue t-shirts and the blue one says superman and the the, the pink one says daddy's princess on it you know like we we're, we're challenging everything and i think it's really easy as a man um to take it as a threat yeah. and to take it personally and to say this isn't me you know that you know their knee-jerk reaction is to say you're so angry you're so angry but it's not all men and it's not at me you don't mean this about me and of course we don't mean this about you but society there's a huge huge imbalance huge and if you're not looking at it it's because if you can't see it it's because you, you don't want to there's no excuse other than that but i think you know in i think for a lot of people um like like sorry i've just massively gone on one here but i think a lot of people have this problem where people think well you're equal now so you can shut up but actually there's so much still um that we want to unpack and we want to do and this and this bit of feminism is a real fucking it, 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 we're going at something that undermines every every uh, part of who we are as human beings and i think that can feel very fucking threatening for men because it, it because if we want to start unpicking this we've got to start shaking everything and that's what feminism is it's shaking everything and they're sitting there going oh fucking hell and and i think that's why ego leads and people end yeah. up getting very defensive has that made sense if I just no no totally it it's spot on <laughs> and, I, and i i do think in the interest of like acknowledging nuance as well i do think that there is a darker side to, and, and I'm not going to say feminism because it's not feminism, but what is perceived to be feminism, whereby a lot of women say, um, you know, men are trash. And there is actually a lot of that. I'm trying to like think critically. I do notice a lot of that. And I mean, like last night I saw a post from a feminist account and it was basically Prince William on one side and then lots of different people on the other side. And it says Prince William at 38 and showing him with a bald head, whatever, wrinkles, whatever. And then showing other men at 44, at 50, da, 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 basically to highlight that he's aged badly, right? I was like, why mm -hmm. is this feminism page sharing something like this like if we if we don't condone mm. this for women then we don't condone it for men either and I do think that there's a bit of nuance lacking the only thing I'd come back at that with you know when you said like the men are trash thing when I see a, someone driving badly my first thought is yeah. that's a woman when I hear men speaking they say oh I, I you know oh god women are so emotional yeah. Women are so dramatic. Women are so hysterical. There are so many tropes that we completely accept, completely normalise so much that mm. I'll do it yeah. about women. And we've been making these brash statements yeah. for years. W women can't do this. They're just they're too whatever. And now it's like men are trash. And the men are like, well, this is a this is a fucking joke. And it's like, no. I mean, it's not that it's not the nicest thing people could say, but this isn't happening on one side and not the other. This has been happening forever and ever and ever yes. to women. 
and and I and and you know I, you know when when we say men are trash, I don't think it's like all men need to get in the dustbin and be taken away on Wednesdays and sent to landfill. Like yeah. I don't think it's like get rid of all men, but. It, it, I think when people say that, what they mean is get rid of the fucking patriarchy, get rid of toxic masculinity, get rid of get rid of the men that talk over us, that undermine us, that won't listen to us, that you know that have these bullshit attitudes about women or whatever. Yeah, and I'm not like I'm not being like hashtag not all men here, <laughs> but I I do think that I do think that things like that doesn't progress us in terms of what we want to do. I, I'm, I'm not saying so it shouldn't happen. Like, I, I feel like people can do whatever they want. But I think in, in you know, in the interest of progress, I don't think those kind of attitudes, I don't think it's uh, productive. I think it's just counterproductive. You see, there's another argument for it that I would say, like, a lot of women have been quite... Like, I don't know, whenever I think about... And this this is not counting for men's feelings. And I do think, like, women have had to... We've had to, like take a lot of this banter and just like you know take this take the tropes and and just put up with them and it's bullshit it's annoying so there's a bit of me that and I, and I know it's not productive but there's a, a petty part of me that just thinks oh please like this is the worst we've got to say about you like the way that men have been undermining women for so long but I also think there is an element of empowerment to it in that not necessarily saying men are trash but I think you know we as a generation were taught to prioritize and every generation yeah. gone by has been taught to prioritize yeah. what a man wants from us i think that's the, the most important thing is that do boys like you do boys fancy you do boys want to fuck you will boys marry you like it's all what men thinks what your male boss thinks what your father thinks what your husband thinks it's men 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 i fucking love to see younger generations now who of women who are not prioritizing what men yeah, think agreed. and I also like it for men to not have to prioritize what other men think because how many men behave in a certain way because they think that the, the, the lads want to see it or whatever and I think like when when people say men are trash what they mean is like the system is trash and you know this this breed of man this this the archaic like you know whatever people are saying like oh cis white men but it's that is trash that is trash they're the ones that make the worst jokes they're the ones that 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 put us down that put other minority groups down that talk over, you know whatever like that is trash and that i think that's and i think as it going back to this reader's um reader listener this entry I think that's probably where this this opinion from this guy is coming from. Is it's like he's going to be reading the men is trash shit and being like, well, I'm not trash. And it's like, no, but a lot of the beliefs that you have been taught to uphold as a man are, and that's what's being referred to. This hasn't been a helpful dialogue for you. We need to get onto a practical solution for her at the end. But yeah, but it's interesting, isn't it? It is. It is interesting, and I I I, t- I totally agree with you. Like we've been taught that we need men. Like that's what we need more than anything else in our life. We need a man, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I just, I, I see a lot of stuff that I genuinely think is toxic on Instagram. I really do. Not just limited that, to that post that I saw that I was like, how is this productive in any, any way? Like it was a huge feminism account that shared it. Like this is not productive. Like if, if this isn't, if we, if we really stand against this for women, which we do, like I make posts about it. Why are we promoting this for men and being like, yeah, ha ha, like, it's 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 I don't know so I see a lot I see a lot of toxic stuff for a lot for I think for some people the pendulum has swung too far the other way 
and that's normal. Oh, you see, that's I, what happens before it settles on in the middle. Every level, I disagree with you, which I actually think is probably good for us to like have this conversation. Do you really? That how? But how can you disagree with that? Like posts like that, like literally just like trying to, you know, like. But it hasn't swung back the other way. Not really, because you've had one post about no. Prince William where you've had 50 million in the last year about women. No, 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 I don't mean, I don't, no, no. Let me just explain what I mean by pendulum swinging back the other way. As in, like, I'm, I'm not saying there's suddenly, like, a barrage of shit against men that is way high, you know, way more than, well, than what women get. There is a barrage of shit against men, and, and, I, and I, 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 I agree in that I don't think that's constructive. But still not, still not more than women. No, and, and it, there shouldn't be lots two men you know like I, I don't think like hurting them because we are hurt is helpful particularly like I think but I think the unfortunate thing in every argument for activism the oppressed always has to act with the most compassion and always has to act with the most empathy and always has to be the one to do the educating and the supporting and I think it's annoying and frustrating that really women are really fighting back about at a culture where one percent of 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 rape convictions go through or or you know 97 percent of women under 24 have been sexually harassed and you know we are fighting a properly dangerous culture it is a dangerous dangerous place to be a woman and the annoying thing is is that as we fight for that we also have to hold these men's hand and go we don't mean you though darling don't worry you're all right love you and it, and that can be so jarring for me when 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 men will sometimes come in when I'm ta- and, it, and I guess I'm a bit like triggered by this because I'll very often talk about women's safety or male violence or whatever and then I get a man come in and say well no it's not me I'm like, oh, come on, buddy. Like, just get a crit. This doesn't need to be about you. What you're referring to is tone policing and what I'm referring to, like, tone police, I'm referring to actually literally going the other way and attacking. I'm not talking about tone policing. I think women can, women are allowed to, to express how hurt they are in whatever way they wish. And I don't think anyone should ever tone police that. But it's not tone policing... If I'm, spe- if I'm speaking out against men and I say, men, you have to do better. And these men say, well, I don't have to do better. I haven't done anything wrong. No, That's not tone policing. But let me just say, like, I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's about compassion. I don't think you have to have compassion. I don't think you have to even... I don't think you have to even acknowledge a man's feelings if you don't want to. Of course you don't. Of course you don't. I, I think it's good. I think, it, 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 you know, I mean, you, you do what feels good for you, right? And I, I mean, we know that male, male mental health is an issue as well. But whatever. But what I'm saying is, by the pendulum swinging too far the other way, is feeling like that we can then put the stuff that's been on us and then and then put it on them. I just don't think it's... I think it's toxic and I think it's just going to lead us down and not not necessarily a productive path for women not men for women i think like that post aside which i feel like is is a bit different to what the what the re, what the listener has sent like the the original thing yeah so yeah we've we've gone so We're off track so off track but generally speaking we aren't picking up the shit that we've had on us we're not saying oh um you sexually harassed me my whole life so now i'm going to get you back haha you know, we're not saying, oh, you, you body shame me, so I'm going to body no. shame you back again. That's not the way that feminism works, and it isn't tit for tat. And I'm taking it back to the listener, what this, but, you know, I think you can do this, you know, very... I, I don't believe that, that's what feminism... I don't see that. I really, I, I really don't. I see a lot don't. of that. I see, like, body shaming now for women is very, uh, you know, 
it's really in the mainstream now that we cannot body shame women, but it happens all the time for men. Mm. It happens a lot for men. I see posts about it all the time. I get sent so much stuff and, and it's always more, more, way more men stuff now that I get than women because we know that we can't body shame women anymore, but we feel like we still can to men. And it almost feels like it's still okay for men. Um, yeah, and I mean, there are there are two things at play and it's like what you're talking about and actually how not to get your emotions involved, like not, Al, sorry, what the, what the original question. Like the thing that you have to hold on to when you're talking about this and the thing that I hold on to and, and, and that I'm very strong in my belief is that I think male mental health is a huge, huge worry. Like suicide is the biggest killer of men under 45. That terrifies me. I think the 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 main reason that they are in as much danger as they are in is because of toxic masculinity and that is the same thing exactly the same thing that puts my life in danger and Al's life in danger and Daisy's life in danger it is as dangerous it is as much of a threat for us all so sometimes people miss the mark and what I I get frustrated about is people who undermine the whole feminist cause by saying oh well this wasn't great because to be honest with you, you're never going to get, if you want everybody to be a feminist, you're never going to get everybody doing it perfectly. Some people right. are going to take it too far. Some people aren't yeah. going to take it far enough. But you want that thing where you just want everybody doing it as perfectly as you can. And I think a, a big part of this conversation for, for you and your partner or for anybody who is trying to have these conversations with somebody who isn't getting it is to remember that not everybody's going to get it in the same way as you do. Like me and Al as similar as it comes we do a very we literally do the same job with very good friends and we still have slightly different views on this so everybody's going to have different views and you are going to take it personally because when somebody is not completely aligned with your cause and you think you're fighting for your life and your safety and your daughter's future and your sister's future and everybody's future and and then you've got this fucking butthead of a person just not getting it you're like oh god this is painful and it can really hurt can't it but I think both of you have to remove your egos from it. And you need to say to him, look, you need to understand that I don't hate men, but I hate what men have done. I hate what the society that prioritizes men does. I hate what toxic masculinity does to me and to you. This isn't going to be resolved in one conversation. And for me, the best way that I am ever able to have these conversations, and I do have them a lot now with people that I love and with people that I don't, it's not to get emotional because I don't need to, because I don't need, I don't need anything right now. What I, what I would like to do is push this person back and back and back and back and ask them why they think like this. And why do you think you think like that? And where do you think that thought comes from? And try and have it in a very rational way so as to understand their way of thinking. And when you understand their way of thinking, rather than this veneer of defensiveness or whatever that they're showing you, you're going to be able to have a much more realistic conversation about it. But I think it's really hard not to get het up when, you know, when particularly on Instagram, we see the things that feminism is doing now is fighting for life and safety right. and and yeah. pay and important shit. So when, when we see all that, but, but don't forget, we are exposed to so much information that they aren't. They don't, you know, these men don't have the resources and they don't have the lived experiences that we have. So... They need to be talked into Yeah, for it. sure. And I, I do think it's a matter of like talking it through because it sounds like a lot of this stuff that he believes is, you know, that it's misconceptions around feminism. And yes, okay, you know, I mean, like what I was saying about the people that do actually hate men, like, there, yes, there will be pe- feminists that do hate men. Like that's, it's going to happen. There's always, you know, 
That happens in, the same in every... way that there are incels that hate exactly. men hate women. Exactly. Men hate women. Do you know how many men I know that actively hate but women? We can't let that undermine the basic, like the fundamental principle no. of feminism, which is for women to have freedom and to have their basic rights and to literally have equality. And I think that's what you if you if you can get through to him there's an amazing book that i would really recommend you and he read called invisible women and it literally changed my life and i read it to and with alex uh, my alex and it talks about the unconscious gender bias in this society and all the areas that are inadvertently incredibly rigged against women and it's fascinating about how much more likely women are to die in car accidents about medicine and the testing process and how they don't use female cells and it, you know that is a very good if you've got a, a rational thinking partner that's a very good place to take the conversation yeah. well good luck to you because i actually know it's really difficult but i also know it's not impossible and you shouldn't have to be compass compassionate you shouldn't have to be and you shouldn't have to approach this with compassion but this sounds like something that really matters to you and i believe that the best way to approach it would be with compassion and keeping in mind that all he knows is all he knows and all you can do is teach him more and allow him to learn more and hope that that informs his actions and his beliefs and his behaviours then. Shall I just finish on this little, funny little yeah, thing? Yeah, can we, can we finish with a bit of yeah. humour? Finish with a bit of humour, because um, I really feel like we keep running running know, away tangents. with these serious ones at the end. Sorry, everyone. This one made me laugh. I thought it was really funny. Um, but also, all these dogs are okay, right? So okay. <laughs> this person said, I'm really behind currently listening to episode five, which is when he talked about dogs eating shit. And she sent this in and it really made me laugh. My old beagle ate half a packet of contraceptive pills. I had to ring the emergency vet to say my dog is a dick. And also the doctor to ask for another packet of pills and explain that my dog had eaten them. My husky ate Gaviscon like it was going out of fashion and rat poison. She was fine. My other beagle also ate two Ugg boots in the space of three days. Not one pair of Ugg boots, two separate <laughs> pairs. That was my next question. Also two separate pairs? Two separate pairs. So she also ate four Ugg boots? Yeah. An electric toothbrush, <laughs> a tom-tom tom -tom shoe, and he loved unused sanitary towels and face wipes. I would come in and he'd have shredded packets throughout the house. Also, best podcast ever. I love it, even though I'm slow at listening. Thank you. <laughs> oh my God, we love you. But four Ugg boots. I know, ah! literally four single Ugg boots. electric toothbrush. I always think if they swallow them whole and then if you just give them a squeeze, are they going to go zzzz? <laughs> <laughs> Cute. Oh okay, God, we finish on a light note. That's good. Yeah, okay, good. You, oh, you don't feed your dogs like boots. Gen it's a general yeah, rule yeah, of yeah. thumb, but... Um, okay, guys, well, we're sorry, sorry that that um, took a little turn at the end there. But <laughs> thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for joining us. <laughs> and we will see you next week. We will see you next week. Have a happy Monday. Bye. Bye.